We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hill in motion. Huntley takes it himself. That was a great win. You know, in December football, you got to find a way to win the game, and I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of every single guy. I'm proud of every single guy in that room there. Player, coach, manager, trainer, everybody. That was, that was the kind of win that you got to get in December, and I feel great about it. And now we're going to get to work after we get healed up a little bit, and we'll get to work on our next opponent, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Fiery, fiery, intense John Harbaugh meets with the media just moments ago as we officially welcome you in to our instant reaction episode here on The Vault. I'm Bobby Trossett, joined by my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. And this one was, well, there's December football, and then there's this. The Ravens just won a game by a final score of 10-9 to in which they did not score a touchdown until literally the game's final moments all of which is thanks to the backup quarterback, Tyler Snoop Huntley, who, like we saw last year at times, Sarah, is more than serviceable. He proved why today when Lamar Jackson had to leave the game, would not return with a knee injury. More on that just to come. But we're going to begin today talking about a 91-yard drive executed by Tyler Huntley, who literally came in in the middle of a series, Sarah, didn't even have a chance to really throw, and somehow finds a way to come back from a terrible interception, have a short memory, and lead the game-winning drive. Yeah, Bobby, this is a Tyler Huntley live stream right now. The whole thing just needs to be named and sponsored after Tyler Huntley. This has got to be – look, there's going to be a lot to talk about in terms of the offense, and there's – I mean, the win doesn't erase some of the problems that we saw. But let's put all that aside to start this off. Um, this has got to be a career moment for Tyler Huntley to come in under the circumstances that you just explained, um, to have the offense going nowhere, two interceptions already, one, not by him, one by James Prochet, one by him. Um, it, it just is unreal to me, the mental and physical fortitude that somebody like Tyler Huntley has to have to do something like that. Bobby, how common is it on social media 
to hear people say the Ravens are done. They're, they're broken. They can't be fixed. And you have this defense that is number one in the league. Okay. Let's not get twisted. The Denver Broncos stink because Russell Wilson and the offense can't get on the same page. Okay. It's not because of their defense. They are number one in red zone defense, number three in points allowed per game. And nothing was going right for the Ravens. So to come in there on your own nine yard line as an undrafted quarterback who's behind one of the most well-known quarterbacks in this league right now. And to say, I don't care that this defense is coming at me. I don't care that we threw two touchdowns or threw two interceptions. All of that is behind me. I don't care that the fans in the stadium are booing our team. I'm going to will this team to a victory. And to think about how many times on that drive, the Ravens were almost out. They had two fourth down conversions, which we'll get into some more. Um, but one of them was Tyler Huntley with an option run that he read perfectly and picked up. The the chemistry and unspoken play that he and Drake had when he was going to pass it out to Drake in the flats, but but the, the, the Denver Broncos defender went to bite it. And so they had this communication where Drake was like, I'm going. And Huntley's like, I got you and led him perfectly. And, yeah. and Justice Hill fumbling and almost go out of bounds. I look up to people like that with Tyler Huntley. That's who I want to be when the whole world is saying Ravens are done. Ravens are broken. Call in the season. I want to be the person that's like, nah, forget all that. Let's go and look adversity in the eye. I got so much respect for Tyler Huntley right now. 89 does too. Here's Mark Andrews just moments ago. We have so much, uh, you know, confidence in, in Snoop and, and, and his abilities. And um, obviously last year we all, you know, got a ton of work with him. And, and so we have a lot of trust in that. But the main things that we talk about it is just keep on fighting, you know, believe in yourself and, and no matter what, just, just keep on going. And that's what the guys did today, um, you know. So there was plenty of times where guys could have said, you know, you know, poor me, poor me. But... You know, guys just kept, you know, fighting and fighting and fighting, and then finally broke through at the very end, and that's that's you know awesome to see. Don't you worry, too. We'll have more on Mark Andrews coming in just a bit because his speaking of gut check moves, gut check behavior. That fourth and two run with him going right up the middle was that's that's willing yourself, willing your team to an eventual victory. Uh, it was something else on fourth and two. More on that in just a bit. But again, this is the type of game in Tyler Huntley's case that, you know, I, I wonder, Sarah, I think there's some folks out there that owe this guy an apology because while that interception was brutal, I mean, it just was, there was no Raven uh, in within of anywhere within that vicinity, really. And, and you just, you felt like it was a, a forced job and he really should have just sailed that thing out of bounds. But you know what, how many backups in today's NFL could have executed uh, what he did, not only in the game-winning drive that we've already documented, but just with such last-minute notice, right? Literally being thrust into a situation where he's not sure if Lamar is coming back or not. He's had zero time to warm up, and this is what you're paid to do as a backup quarterback. But when you're asked to do it, it's one thing to do it, but when you when it happens in in such a at the eleventh hour, I, I think the resolve that he showed today 
deserves to be mentioned, commended, and he's certainly deserving of a game ball of which we know that he he earned from John Harbaugh just moments ago in that locker room celebration. And hey, while there's a bunch of big picture stuff that we will certainly discuss at some point in this stream about these offensive deficiencies and the lack of, of their rushing attack and all those big picture storylines that certainly are concerning, Tyler, Snoop deserves a star for this one because uh, you can't teach what he did at the end there. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Um, Snoop was asked, and I'm glad they asked it because I was wondering the same thing. Snoop has started four times in his NFL career, and he has a one in three record. <clears throat> First of all, it was really cool that the the one time he did win was against the Chicago Bears when Roquan Smith <laughs> was on the other team. And Roquan vividly, do you have that soundbite? Oh, yes, I do. Stand by. All right, let's yeah, no, I vividly remember, uh, yeah, that, that drive back in Chicago. Um, but, yeah, man, like, actually, it was crazy over on the sideline. When it, even when it was, like, fourth down, I kind of told a couple of the guys, I'm like, hey, we're about to get the first down right here. He's about to drive it down the field. We're about to punch it in. Then we're going to go out there with, like, 20 seconds to go, and we're going to seal it. And literally, it was crazy how that all happened. So, man, that was a heck of a performance by him, and I'm just excited to be his teammate now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I love that. I love that he's back there and he's like, oh, Snoop's going to do this because I've been on the other side of it before. And so, but Snoop was asked, they were like, what do you feel like those games last year helped you? And, and it's funny because some of us um, with starting quarterbacks, especially young ones, we almost feel like an off season is going to, is going to fix everything for him. Right. There's, it just seems like every season that's what ha has happened with Lamar. Oh, when he comes, we got a whole off season, he'll come back great in this and that. But for some reason with the backup quarterback, you kind of picture him frozen in time that the way he finished with those three losses, which, you know, he was just as um, uh, tenacious and, and rock solid as he was tonight. Uh, but you, you kind of wondered did he grow from that? And Snoop confirmed that he did. He felt like the experience last year got unprepared for this moment. And then I also noticed that Mark Andrews, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't asked to to specifically about whether he learned, but he just threw it in one of his comments. He was like, "I think that Snoop has learned," and and so that's uh, nice to know that 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 experience helped him out for today and. We don't know how long uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be out. Um, John Harbaugh said that it's days. Let's or actually weeks. cut to that now, Sarah. Okay. Let's cut to that now. Harbaugh was talking. Har Harbaugh was asked about specifically Lamar's status. Uh, has a uh, it's a knee, but it's not a season-ending type of knee. We'll get more tests tomorrow and let you know how long it's going to be. We'll see. Hopefully, I'll have something by for you tomorrow afternoon. Certainly by Wednesday be more definitive but it's it's going to be a number you know days to weeks we'll see we'll see if you can go back this week if not it'll be sometime after that shortly thought sarah too the cbs broadcast made sure to to specify this multiple times lamar is not just dealing now with the latest his his knee setback but in recent weeks it's been a quad it's been a hip and it's been whatever illness he came down with as well which is sort of standard for this time of year for him four different ailments four different setbacks that he's been dealing with Again, no excuses. I'm not saying that. It's just that's what he's been dealing with. And so whether this is a multi-week thing or a week thing, it sure looks like that in the near future here, whether it's practice or this upcoming game, 
uh, they they could be riding with Snoop. Yeah, they could. I sometimes wonder, Bobby, how much. Um, I mean, they're just giving facts, but but that might be dramatized. Like like when when Lamar didn't speak to the media on Wednesday, you and I immediately were like, oh, they're they're just trying to push the 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 media session, and but. But we can speculate with that. Whereas right away, Adam Schefter's like, oh, Lamar's missing with the quad. I don't know that the quad was ever really serious. And the week before you bring up the hip again, uh, you know, we might. And I'm bringing this all up because, you know, people will say this is why you can't give a fully guaranteed contract, which, hey, I I get that point of view, especially if it's my money and I'm Steve Bashotti and I have to pay it. But at the same time, I I just don't want to overplay his injuries He's he's missed. I mean, he missed the end of his, of a media session. That that was it. Nothing really else. So I don't know how serious th- that was. So either way, um, based off of the footage they were showing on L- Lamar tonight, I mean, he was you know not putting a lot of weight on that injury. Maybe he was just being cautious and wanted to be careful or whatever. But um, you, to, but the whole point of this is is you were saying, Bobby, is it could be that. Tyler Huntley will be back here. And next week it's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, you hope that he carries this with him into the next week. The offense carries this with them into the next week. And hopefully this can be some sort of springboard into something much better because outside of that 91 yard drive, which was phenomenal, the offense was horrific. And we'll get to that in just a bit. I think while we're on this injury category, we should probably handle and address a few of these right now before we forget, because probably about an hour and a half ago, (laughs) as we sit here live in this instant reaction, I was essentially, I I was certainly guilty of getting on Facebook and saying, Hey, uh, you know, the Ravens season feels as if it is unraveling right before our eyes. Guys were dropping like left and right. You got the sense that if it weren't for a takeaway, which they didn't have defensively today, right? You were thinking though, they need a takeaway in order to win this game. And, and that didn't happen ultimately, but their defense yet again, plays stout football and and almost that same script, that too, that too familiar script. We almost saw it again. If, if, um, if that kicker was able to hit it today, like, like he had prior, uh, but he wasn't, you know, it was was it 63. That what it was. Yeah, 62, 63. Yep, you're right. Brandon McManus was three of four. It It felt like a repeat of last week, right? Where it looked dead on, just like with Justin Tucker, but fell just short. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that was was scary. (laughs) That was scary for a moment. I mean, uh, yeah. They held on. They held on. on. The The defense held on. They gave up what they were supposed to give up, which is just anything in front of them. Um, and and made it a 62-yard field goal. The defense, not surprisingly, because the Broncos' offense has done nothing uh, for weeks now, even though they did get Jerry Judy back. And who else did they get back? I feel like there was somebody else on offense. Oh, there we go, Sutton. Uh, So they had gotten him back, but they haven't done anything all year. So the defense did what it was supposed to do. Absolutely. Whereas last week, they didn't. So, you know, you sort of take these things for granted, right? Sometimes we take these things for granted that it's like, oh, well, they did what they're supposed to do, so you can't give them props. No, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes Trevor Lawrence is going to come and have the game of his life. Russell Wilson could have come back with his two receivers and returned to being, you know, the Russell Wilson that we've known in the past. But this defense didn't let it, and they deserve credit for that. 
And it's always amazing what a win does. We'd be talking about all of that right now, that the season is unraveling, that Greg Roman should be fired, yeah. that the offense is terrible, that they're terrible with, with or without Lamar Jackson. We'd be talking about all that right now, or at least the fan base would be talking about that. And I think we should get to that in just a bit because I have so many thoughts on, on the whole Greg Roman narrative and the conversation surrounding him right now and the Stanford rumors, even though they're not rumors, even though he called them rumors during his media session, <laughs> and they're not. They're confirmed by your head coach, dude. They're not rumors, but we'll get to that in just a bit. Here's where the Ravens are from an injury standpoint. We know Lamar Jackson exited the game, did not return with a knee injury. We don't know if it's mul multiple weeks. We don't know if it's a week. We'll see in the coming days, as John Harbaugh said earlier on in the stream. Uh, Patrick Queen. I think most notably out of everything that I heard in John Harbaugh's press conference, that to me was the most encouraging thing. He had to be carted off the field, Sarah, after Justin Matabike got him good in the thigh. And I mean, real good. Like the fact that he's walking away with a thigh bruise is might be the win of the day. Yeah. I, I, listen, that was, um, I was listening to the game with my beats headphones on. It helps cancel out my four kids in the background. Um, and when I was that, but it has the best sound in there, right? I'm telling you the broadcast had picked up and it was so clear in my headphones, Patrick queen screaming out in pain. Wow. It like made me want to cry a little bit. I hate when I hear a grown man scream like that. Like it, it just sounded, uh, horrific and it made me sick for him. So listen, bruises can still be tough to come back from. So I don't know that I'd be like, okay, cool. Next week against the Steelers. We'll see. Um, I don't feel like Harbaugh, he gave a timeline like he did for Lamar. Am I correct on that? I didn't remember him saying whether it was days or weeks or, or anything like that. So, but, but the good news is uh, the Ravens keep getting so close to being healthy. And I'm so, I was so relieved to hear that they weren't season enders because we're on the cusp of getting Ronnie Stanley and JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Drake out there. And you've got, and Isaiah likely turned out to be just a stinger, right? Uh, Patrick McCary, Harbaugh said he should be fine. It's a toe. He kept going back in and out with Daniel Falele. And so now you got to add Patrick Queen and Lamar back to the list but it's not season enders. And so that's the hope that it gives, right? That, okay, this, maybe the Ravens aren't cursed. Cause I got to tell you, it was, I was envisioning Michael Scott on the office. We're cursed. We're cursed. <laughs> the office is cursed, you know, but you know, maybe they're not, maybe these guys can be back. And, and as ugly as this one was, and boy, was it ugly on offense. To get a December win, you played the clip off the top. Harbaugh's right in that sense. December wins don't come easy. So the fact that you keep the lead in the AFC North, and hopefully you still got Lamar and JK and 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 uh, Stanley coming back, and hopefully Queen gets back. I mean, it's just you still feel like it's so close. But now it's probably time to get into the the Greg Roman conversation because even with all these players back. They have issues big time on offense for several weeks in a row now, regardless of which quarterback was in. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And just to wrap up the whole injury conversation, like we said, Patrick Queen has a thigh bruise. We don't know a timetable on that, but for him to be carted off and it not to be a season-ending injury, again, feels like a win there based on how he's playing alongside Roquan Smith, who had a team-high 11 tackles, by the way. Uh, Harbaugh did say, like to your point, Isaiah likely has a shoulder stinger, and for him to come back in and make, make a couple key plays in the aftermath of that was telling of, of his character and his fortitude and, and all that good stuff. And then Patrick McCary, you talk about a revolving door, Sarah, that the offensive line was in 2021. The left tackle position was like an escalator today. It was insane. It was back and forth between Falele, McCary. McCary's trotting out. Oh, no, he's coming back. Falele's in. in this, they're, they're doing all kinds of exchanges within the same series. So he doesn't look to be all that serious just in case Ronnie has to miss another week. You'd like to think it'd be between McCary or Falele there. Am I missing anyone? Kyle Hamilton exited the game for a little while, came back in. That was encouraging. A lot, of, a lot of these guys are – oh, man. I mean, they got to be playing banged up right now. Harbaugh said in the post-game press conference, look, this is a, this is a win we're proud of. We got to get healed up. They got to get healed up in a variety of ways right now. Seriously. Is this crazy to you? Broncos only finished with two sacks for five yards. Didn't it feel like way more than that? I felt like they were running. Both quarterbacks were running all game long when they were in there. Yeah, it really felt like that for sure. <laughs> um. I think one thing, listen, there's silly conversations online about, I mean, I, I hate this kind of stuff where somebody was saying that they, I mean, literally on my Twitter, I hope Lamar is done. You know, he's terrible. I don't understand the mentality of wanting, wishing a season ending injury on any player in any situation. It's ridiculous. That's the first part of the ridiculousness. The second part of the ridiculousness is that Lamar is a better quarterback by far. And, and uh, what, but so saying that one thing that I think that Tyler Huntley does well, that I think it'd be great if Lamar could take that from him. There's a million things Lamar does well that, you know, you'd love <laughs> Tyler would have to take from him, but it's just getting that ball out fast. You know, Huntley just, he just gets it out quick, quick, quick. Um, and, and that is one thing that sometimes, but that's the good and bad of, of Lamar because sometimes he holds on to it and then he like makes this play out of nothing. Um, but, but that was one thing that was nice to see that you'd be like, okay, you know, Lamar, if there was anything Lamar could take from Huntley to me, it would be getting the ball out quicker, 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 quicker. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that was just one thought you there. Know, uh, that, that, you so know I'm just saying that because it only ended with two. What's that? What? One thing that Snoop can take from Lamar that Lamar has learned over the years is, hey, man, listen, when Mark Andrews is the backup emergency quarterback and you're in there and Lamar's gone, we can't have you low on your shoulder, bro. There was a couple yeah, plays, man. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, we could have seen Mark 89 under center. Like it was really there were a couple plays early on. And, and he even talked about that in the postgame press conference. Like G Rose in his head. Hey, hey man, like calm down. And, and Tyler's so playful. You know, he's such a. He's such a mild-mannered, goofy, you know, fun guy that he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I know, I know, you know, I know, yeah, I got to get yeah. down. <laughs> That's definitely, definitely true. It reminded me, it's one thing we definitely take for granted with Lamar, that it's like he does run so much, and you still he'll hear commentary all the time that if you run that much, you know you're going to get hurt, which, by the way, his injury again today was from the pocket. I don't think Lamar in his, with all the injuries that you've, 
you know, talked about from this season or in past seasons, it's never been a serious injury from running. It's always been from within the pocket that still stands as the most uh, you're, it's more dangerous in the pocket than it is when, when you're running, especially if you're Lamar Jackson. I mean, it is, it's one thing that you take for granted. Like uh, Lamar rarely takes those hard hits. Like we saw Huntley take today, just so rare, rare that he does that. So uh, definitely something Tyler can, can learn from. So I'm glad Giro was in his mind there, was in his headset there. By the way, I think, I think that sack number was, you may have just been looking at one of the quarterbacks. I think there was four total sacks, two on Huntley, two on Jackson. And of course the one uh, that Cooper gave to Jackson was the one that knocked him out of the game. So four total, two on each quarterback. Huh? I don't know what I'm looking at what here. I'm, I'm seeing, seeing the, two for five. <laughs> Are you in the NFL GSIS? I'm on the ESPN box score for whatever that's worth. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. All right. Well, good. But, that, but that let's was discuss say, what everybody say, wants to talk right. about. All right, let's do but it. Let's discuss what everybody wants to talk about because while this week was all about Greg Roman and the rumors or now the fact because John Harbaugh did confirm it, like we mentioned, uh, of him being interested and there being mutual interest with the head coach vacancy out at Stanford football. Of course, Greg was on Jim Harbaugh's staff there for a couple of years, over a decade ago. Uh, there has been <laughs> a frenzy within this fan base trying to get Greg out of Baltimore for a while now. With Stanford being in, in play now, it's only gone to a whole new level. You know, Ian Rappaport tweeted something out today. I saw you retweeted it. I used it on our pregame live stream earlier today. We had a great morning. Uh, thanks to Pickett Brewing Company on Paca Street, just a few blocks away from M&T Bank Stadium for hosting us. We had content creators galore. Sarah, I almost wish that we would have flown you in for it because Cole, Cole Jackson came in from Canada for it. It was a lot of fun. So uh, we're looking forward to potentially. Wait, uh, did, Cole, did Cole come in for just that or was he coming in and you guys decided to do it? No, no, no. He was coming in for the game. He had made a whole trip of all it. Right, all right. We all got together last night, had a good time. We got a lot to catch up on. You and I, on the weekends, we're like, listen, okay, your family <laughs> says you and Bobby talk all day, every day, Monday <laughs> through Friday. You're mine on the weekend, meaning meaning you're theirs. And then yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. well, uh, Tilly, my dog Tilly's looking at me like, I need you, all right? So separate you two for the weekend. So we try to get yeah. some space. But uh, we always, but no, we got a lot we to always say on. when we log off, when we log off on Thursday night, because that's when we do our Friday morning one, we're like, this is going to be a good weekend if we don't talk until Sunday after the game. Yeah. And it was a good weekend. But you're always like, <laughs> hey, talk to you, like, later. I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, we're still friends, right? Like, we'll maybe yeah, text yeah. if something happens in our lives and stuff. Like, <laughs> so, but... To, to kind of dive into the Greg Roman stuff, uh, one play that comes to mind that everybody's going to be talking about is the trick play with Prochet being the passer. Oh. And so, you oh. know, to me, while Trent Green, as you noted on Twitter, the CBS analyst alongside Kevin Harlan in the booth mentioned that there was alignment issues from a spacing standpoint with the Ravens wide receivers on that specific play, I, I'm still going to say that's a lack of execution from the player and a lack of judgment, right? That like logistically and uh, operationally with the misalignment, that may very well be the installment of the play. And that obviously falls on the offensive coordinator and the coaching staff. But Prochet had a ton of daylight in front of him, partner. And instead of taking it and trying to get some yardage, some positive yardage, he threw it in and not double coverage, not triple coverage, 
But I think you could argue, I got to go look back and look at the replay. It may have been quadruple coverage. Bobby, 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 Bobby. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Wait, so let me just make sure I get your point right now. Are you... Are you saying it's both? It was a bad play and bad execution? Or are you just... Because it seems to me that you're taking Greg Roman off the hook. I am for that play. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's have a conversation because that to me, like, again, (laughs) alignment wise, alignment wise is one thing, but things happen in the game. And the fact that Prochet wasn't able to make an adjustment on that play and not, and, and, and lofted it, essentially just giving a gift interception to me is that's a bigger blunder than the play itself. No, I I hear you on that, but I would say it's both. And then I would still say it starts with Greg Roman because I like, listen, this is a recurring criticism of him recurring. And I still believe people don't give him the credit that he deserves as a um, very smart offensive coordinator. There are people around the league that copy him for sure. Justin Fields and the Chicago bears are just the latest example. So Do we give him enough credit in Baltimore? No. At the same time, this is the recurring criticism that he schemes receivers into the same areas. Now, at times, again, we can give a little bit of grace. At times, he's giving veterans some um, latitude with deciding how they want to break off at the end of their routes. They have options like like Mark Andrews has that that, um, green light. Um, but if you're scheming it up poorly and then you're going to ask your wide receiver who is, you know, not even like a star wide receiver who feels like they have a ton of latitude to make decisions and pull down a play and all that kind of stuff. Um, so first of all, you've schemed it poorly, according to Trent green, which I don't disagree with. This is a recurring problem. And then you're expecting your sixth sixth round receiver to like make a decision on the fly. Uh, You know, yes. Could Prochet have like not thrown it? Absolutely. And so you give a little bit of of that to Prochet, but to put him in that position is the wrong move in my mind. Um, I like the idea of having a trick play. You're trying to get something going. Nothing much was going, but, but no, for me, I put 90, 7% on Roman and 3% Prochet. I think for the first time in a long time, I think we're just going to uh, agree to disagree on this one because huh? in that moment, are they driving? Are they driving? Absolutely. But we all know that once they're inside the 20 at that point, I mean, flip a coin, you know, or, or mute, mute the television. Cause we all know what's going to happen. And so I'm kind of on the side of like, while I'm acknowledging that there was misalignment and there were some issues based on what Trent Green had to say, and that's been a recurring theme. I'm not denying any of that. I kind of like the aggressive mentality of trying to get your offense jump-started by doing something that, okay, yeah, it worked out horribly, terribly. But I kind of like the trickery involved. Like, they needed to do – they had nothing going. It was a – what was it, like a 6-3 game? nine three. I think it was a 9-3 game at that point. And so I'm kind of okay with the fact that he wanted to take a shot. You know, we, we keep uh, yeah, questioning I don't, I don't and disagree criticizing. With, and- I, yeah, I don't disagree with the aggressiveness there. Uh, like, 
again, I that's why I just said, like, there was little going for the offense up to that point, although on that drive they were moving a little bit. I don't have a problem with the aggressiveness, and I don't have a problem with, you know, doing it from before you hit the red zone. It's But it, you have to have a play in the bag that's going to work. And, and, and listen, here's where I'd be interested in, Bobby. I'd be interested in talking to somebody like Jeff Zrebeck or some other media personality that was out at training camp because what I understand is um, the media saw that play in training camp and it worked. And so I guess this is what, this is the only thing to me that could take Greg Roman off the hook. It's did somebody run the wrong route because the media could say why it would, why it worked in practice what was it designed? Was it the same design in practice where the receivers ended up in the same area or, or was it supposed to be cleared and maybe a, a wide receiver went to the right, the wrong place. In that instance, I could take Roman off and say it's all an execution, but if it was designed this way, then I can't take it off of Roman. I think that's totally fair. And I look forward to talking to one of the beat writers about this. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, we'll get one of them. <laughs> okay, let's let's focus okay, on more well, of, of the crunch time decisions. Go ahead. Okay, okay. One more thing before we get to that, because I agree, there's actually I think some crunch time decisions that the coaches do deserve credit on. Before we get to that with Roman, I'm sure I'm thinking we could agree on this. If you're Greg Roman, are you sending this game tape to Stanford, saying I'm your guy? <laughs> I can't think of a game in recent memory, maybe the Miami game uh, this year that I'm sending anywhere. And that's, that's, and, and that's part of a conversation, right? Do they need a change to jumpstart the offense? I, I could, you know, I could be convinced of that. Absolutely. But to think, and this, I really believe this to think that something is going to fix these, uh, a coordinator change or firing Greg Roman tonight is going to change some of their deficiencies offensively, fundamentally that have been recurring to use the word of the, of the year, the word of the last month, recurring issues, to me is is unrealistic. It just is. I, I, listen, I hear what you're saying. If there's a new coordinator here and, and the Ravens stick with, I mean, they don't have, even if you get a new coordinator this, this year, the Ravens still have the weapons that they have in terms of wide receivers. So even if Roman's gone, I will say I do agree with a lot of people, like they said that the, Play calls were very different when Tyler Huntley came in. Greg Roman definitely spread the offense out more wide. And and so and he did that presumably because he he's at the very least playing to what he thinks are his quarterback strengths. And so some people may argue that Lamar Jackson is is a better thrower to the outside than he gets credit for. That may be true, but I don't think it's crazy to say that it's not his strength. To, to throw to the outside, it's it's always a more compact offense, and people have been yelling for Roman to open up things more. So maybe with the new coordinator, he lets Lamar, he he has more wide alignments and all that. So I, I get you to a point, Bobby, that if it's a new coordinator, you still don't have wide receiver weapons, you still have the strengths that you have, you still have everything that you have, and you have to execute. Agree with all of that where I hesitate to fully be on board with you is that is what happened in 2012 when they changed from Cam Cameron to Jim Caldwell. It was the same players and, and there was execution downfalls there too. 
And I do think that there is something to a fresh start there. That's real to, to, to come to come. It's, it just is about like, like to come out of winter and just start spring brand new. That, those are real things. Those have real effects and it's hard to, to put it in X's and O's and all that, but that is real to get a new jump start. but you have to be right. You have to do it at the right time. You can't just keep doing that mentality of, Oh, another fresh start. Oh, another fresh start. That's what the Browns do. That's what the Browns do. They keep kicking people out. And so it has to be the right time. And all I can say is that I've hit a point and I have defended against firing Roman for years. And I still wouldn't say that I'm like calling for it, but, but this offense isn't moving. And I'm personally getting to the point that it's like Lamar's rookie contract is out in a couple of months. The offense isn't moving. Maybe you could argue with JK back and Stanley back and maybe Lamar gets healthy. Then, then, you know, yeah, for, if I'm Roman, I'm like, Hey, I don't have my key guys and all that, but it's getting to the point that it's like, it's all almost over. The contract's almost over. It's all like, you've got it. You've got more money into the defense than you're ever going to have again. If even if, if you sign Lamar Jackson. So to me, it's like, yeah, this, this might be the time. This might be the time I would hate Bobby. I would hate for them to either not make the playoffs. I think they will, or go one and done and never try to do anything to jumpstart this offense with, with it constantly struggling the way it is under Greg Roman. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. History were to repeat itself as it did in 2012 with Cam Cameron. Like you said, I will be standing corrected. We will see on that. We will revisit that as well. Before we uh, continue to move along here, Sarah and I are uh, pleased to tell you that tonight's stream is brought to you by Freshly. Having a good time partnering with Freshly so far. and wanted to tell you a little bit about this meal subscription service that delivers meals right to your door. Just heat and eat. No cooking or cleanup is required. The holiday season, of course, can get busy and stressful, but Freshly can ease both of those things by providing nutritious, balanced meals designed for busy lives. Freshly meals are delivered fresh and are ready to eat in just three minutes, plus their rotating menu features over 35 balanced meals for every dietary preference. So whether you're calorie conscious, gluten-free, a plant-based a plant-based pasta lover, or all about the meat and potatoes like I am, 
uh, that there's all kinds of options. So you can switch up meals, skip a week, change your plan or, or cancel at any time. It's that easy. And most importantly for us, freshly prepared, fully cooked meals that arrive fresh, not frozen. So you can say goodbye to the frozen aisle at the grocery store. So consider ordering today and get 140 bucks off your first five orders at freshly.com slash vault. It's for a limited time. Again, that's freshly.com slash vault. And you see it on the screen there. Let's talk about that fourth and two gut check call by Mark Andrews there in the in the game's final drive, Sarah. He was absolutely denied. Tyler Huntley was asked if he was denied at the point of attack. He said, no, he wasn't denied. I think he was denied, Sarah. We got to go back and look at the highlight there. But the fact that he just, you talk about will, and you talk about fortitude, you talk about, you know, just having a relentless pursuit of, of trying to get across the uh, for a first down. That was something else. And another gutsy call of to, to hand the ball off to Mark. He's had a few of those this year. Yeah, you know, I w- I'm going to need to see a couple of different angles because I do not understand how Mark Andrews got that first down. Uh, like, it was just because the pile, first of all, got pushed back, which is a problem in and of itself. I feel like the middle of the field has done that many times, and that's where Tyler Linderbaum, uh, you know, starts. And, and it, you know, he is a smaller body um, compared to these big dudes in there. And this is happening a lot where even when, when Lamar was doing quarterback sneaks, he would go to the right behind Zeitler or to the left. Mark Andrews saw it immediately. So I need to see another angle because the, the pile got pushed back. He went into it, and it looked like there was no movement. And then out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere – He's across the line. And I'm just like, how did he just do that? I need some I other angles because it was unreal. Bobby, if he didn't pick that up, the game is over. It was right. fourth and two. It was a couple minutes left. You're deep in your own territory. You're going to give them a field goal. All they, they could go three and out again and kick a field goal from right there. It is unreal that he picked that up. Unreal. Not to mention later on, right? Drawing that key pass interference for one of their biggest offensive plays of the day, if not the biggest. So, you know, Mark Andrews, again, you look at that box score, right? And he finishes with uh, four receptions for 53 yards. You know, he was targeted seven times. You say to yourself, oh gosh, that's, that's kind of just a mediocre pedestrian kind of day for Mark. I don't think you can look at the box score today and, and it indicates, you know, the, the value of Tyler Huntley executing that 91-yard game-winning drive, the value of Mark's poise and experience and, and leadership there at the end. You just can't. It's, it doesn't tell the whole story in the box score today. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, oh, it, it's not in the box score, and it's not in the first three quarters and, you know, whatever, yeah. of like a vast majority of the fourth quarter. I mean, that was – a brutal game to watch today. That was not a fun game to watch. It was funny at one point, uh, Trent Green and Harlan were both like, hey, if you like defensive games, this is your game. And I'm like, but this isn't even really a defensive game. We know come from watching Ray Lewis for years, a defensive game is when Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs shut down a all pro quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger you know, series after series after series. That's a defensive game. This is like neither offense can move the ball, you know? So it just was – I I like a good defensive game when you're shutting down a legit offense, but not. It's it was more that like these offenses just couldn't do a, a thing. But that said, 
it might be time to turn turn our eyes over to defense and give some props to some of the guys there. Yeah. But before we do that, can we just talk about the third down efficiency for these two teams? Because that's to your point, kind of told the story of just how stall a stalling of a day it was for both offenses. Two of 12 was Denver in that category. Three of 13 was Baltimore. The difference in the game, Baltimore was three for three on fourth down. I mean, it, you, that, exactly. that's a problem. And, and for that to go along with, you know, total yards, let me just pull up that total yards for the Ravens, 285, 272 for, for Denver. Sarah, a few years ago, this team was religiously going for 400 plus yards and, and mostly in the 500 category, 400 was sort of like, eh, you know, it's, this was a defensive minded game and I'm with you. I'm happy to turn the, turn the chapter to the defense if, if you'd like to. Yeah, well, I was going to, you, I thought you hit the nail on the head with the difference was the Ravens were three for three on fourth down. Um, Broncos never attempted a fourth down. They acted like they were a couple times. Broncos were also zero for zero in the red zone. So that's the props to the defense. They never yeah. even let the Broncos get close. And on our pregame show with Brennan Stokely, he gave us the heads up that that was going to happen. He's like, let me tell you, this Broncos offense cannot take the ball from the 25 and get it into the end zone. Like they can't do it. So the Ravens never even made it, never even made it close. Um, whereas the Ravens, and again, I was impressed with this because as you said, the Ravens with the Prochet pass, you know, it was like, let's not even go in the red zone because we know how terrible we've been. Then their defense is number one in the red zone, but the Ravens were one of two in the red zone with Tyler Huntley. First of all, as we talked about hitting Drake on the go and then Tyler Huntley pounding it in himself. So, um, I thought Roquan Smith, let me look up his numbers. I thought he was lights out today. Roquan Smith yep. ended with a team high, 11 tackles. He had two tackles for loss. Patrick Queen, by the way, before he went out, had, had was number two on the team with nine. So those two inside linebackers combined had 20 tackles. 20 tackles. Those dudes are monsters. Absolute monsters. I thought Tyus Bowser had a good game. You're not going to see it too much in the stat book, but he he had that knockdown on third down. Um, it's another reason why you hope to see Patrick Queen get back because this duo of Smith and Queen, I mean, they were just they were just everywhere tonight. Every time you saw a tackle, it seemed those guys were in the pile, if not doing it on them on their own. We have done we've really dedicated multiple topics within our morning vault episodes to these guys and the tandem that they've become and hopefully continue to be assuming that queen, you know, and his thigh bruise isn't all that serious. For those of you who are just tuning in, Harbaugh said that it's a thigh bruise. We don't have a timetable attached to that designation, but obviously that's something that we'll watch Sarah, they're sideline to sideline. And as we talked about on, on the morning vault, like when one guy, you know, gets to the ball first, it's not all that long after that the next guy's following up. And and so, yeah, to combine for 20 total tackles and, and, and 13 combined solo tackles and three tackles for loss. I mean, they are commanding this defense. And I think, you know, Jason Pierre Paul deserves some credit as well. He had a huge tackle for loss and he's been playing really solid football of late. I'd love to see the snap count on him once they come up tomorrow morning, but uh, it's yet again, where again, very close to having that same kind of script, unfold uh with allowing 
Russ to at least put his kicker, Brandon McManus, in a position. By the way, they had 28 seconds, Sarah. 28 seconds they, 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 gave, uh, they gave Denver. I was kind of hoping that like when they were in the red zone with, with Tyler Huntley, I'm like, can we do a little bit of uh, time burning down here? You know, <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but nonetheless, the, the defense held strong. That 63 yarder came up short and uh, it's yet another game where, where, you know, they hold their, well, it's been a long time since they held an opponent to, to single digits. So, um, you know, great defensive performance. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned Jason Pierre-Paul and how well he's been playing. I think he's the reason why we're not seeing David Ojabo yet. Because the Ravens were trying to hold off for a very long time of not signing another outside linebacker. And then it just got to the point when Justin Houston went down and it was OA and like nobody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Ravens at that point, we're forced to make a signing. Was there anybody else? When who was he with when Justin Houston went down? Because Tyus Bowser was still out. It was just OA. Christian um, Wells is an inside backer, right? No, he's inside. So he's not considered outside, which he left the game, by the way, with an injury, did not return. Um, yeah, gosh, we're probably just blanking on whoever it was, but it was thin, yeah. right? We remember the conversation, uh, like well, this is the thinnest up. group league wide, you know, or a uh, team wide. We, we were always saying the outside backer room three months ago uh, was the, the thinnest group. It's become the strongest group. And man, speaking of, you know, those vets too, like Justin Houston, who've obviously been sipping from the fountain of youth. Calais was so close to that career hundred sack today. And somehow uh, Russ got away from him. You know, I have no idea how he got out of that. Yeah, there was. Okay. So Jace Pierre, Paul, Odafe, Vince Beagle was on IR. Steven means on IR. Um, let's see. Ty Spouser, Justin Houston, David Ojabo, Daylon Hayes was on IR. It was literally just Odafe Owe. So they yeah, had we to, they we had to sign Jason. <laughs> we weren't off Jason Pierre Paul and, and he's been playing great. And so, yeah. you know, he, it's, it's almost like, um, who was it? Who was it that Greg Roman just the other day said, Oh, it was Josh Oliver where he was like, he made us put him on the team. Like he made it so it wasn't a decision for us. Like that's what Jason Pierre-Paul is doing right now. And some people would say, and this is this is how you know this game really had everything. Because pe some people are on the side of um, deactivating Odafe Owe to put up Ojabo. And then here comes Odafe Owe with his uh, second season sack. But it's been weeks and weeks. But yeah, this game had everything because it also featured an Odafe Owe sack. So it was nice for him. You'd like that to be, you know, they always say sacks come in bunches. You sure hope that that's the beginning of, of more coming up here. One thing on, we, we keep discussing um, the Broncos um, kicker. Um, I had tweeted this before the game. I thought for sure he was going to break it. Justin Tucker coming into this game was only six points shy of setting a new Ravens franchise record for career scoring, which is held by Matt Stover right now. Um, and so thought for sure, all he needs is two field goals, you know, and everybody was like, well, we would prefer it to be six extra points. Oh my gosh. How yeah. <laughs> not even right. close to that. Barely got a touchdown, yeah. let alone six touchdowns. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, in the past, it's almost like you want the days of where it was like, they keep getting in the red zone and then they have to settle for field goals. Cause today they were hardly even getting into the red zone. So Justin Tucker will likely have to wait one more week before he becomes the franchise's um, career high scorer. 
which is just yeah. cra- which is crazy to think about because he's got so many years left. There aren't many benefiting from the status, the state, I should say, of this offense. But Justin Tucker is certainly one of them when it comes to career milestones within the franchise and and all time as well. One quick uh, note for me, correction. I said a second ago that it had been a while since this defense had had kind of led a, a single digit effort. It hasn't been that long. November 20th, they held Carolina to three points. But again, that's a Carolina team that's that's certainly meddling. Um, you mentioned Josh Oliver. Remember, we should mention. As great as he has been, and he has a, a ton, uh, his workload has increased throughout the season, and he's become a pass catcher for this team. And, of course, on top of doing all the dirty work that he does as a very valuable blocker, an effective blocker, he was beaten pretty badly in that first half, Sarah, by by Jonathan Cooper, who ended up getting a good sack on Lamar Jackson, which yes. ultimately knocked him out of the game and he never returned. So as much as we want to give Josh O his love, and that's just one play, he did get beat. He got beat pretty badly there. He got beat badly. He got beat badly. Bobby, I'm just seeing the Ravens posted on Twitter, the post-game locker room. Any chance we can pull that in? Or does that Absolutely. take a minute? Yeah. Okay. While I do that, while I do that, yeah. why don't we cut to halftime earlier today? Because in the midst of all of this, <laughs> after mm-hmm. a, one half of football where you're thinking, is this the same exact thing that's going I mean, there's everybody's just frustrated and the, the offense is stalling and you're wondering, you know, what's Lamar's future physically and all that stuff. Well, the great Marshall Yonda was inducted into the Ravens Ring of Honor while all of yeah. this <laughs> is happening within the fan base. And I wanted to share that moment. Uh, with Ozzy and the whole crew, the Ravens brass officially unveiling uh, Marshall's forever immortalized number inside the bank. Here it is. Marshall, you was tough. You loved to compete. You was a positive leader in the locker room. I want to welcome you to the Ravens Ring of Honor. Thank you. I tell you slot receiver, right? Look at that guy. Handsome and looking like he's about 215 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> that makes me so happy. I don't know. If, uh, maybe I was seeing things, but I felt like I could see him um, while Ozzy was talking. Uh, I could see Marshall Yana's chest breathing pretty heavy, like kind of coming in and out, you know, yeah. and um, you kind of forget how much these types of moments um mean to to these guys even somebody like a future hall of famer like like uh yonda here that it's just like to be in that moment in all the in that stadium and having memories rush back of you know grueling and grinding games and you just it's like any of us right when we sacrifice so much and work so hard for something that to see it pay off it like it just is emotional and even for tough guys like this. So that's that makes me really happy to see him and his family get that moment. I'm happy that the Ravens recognized him um, because, man, he he was what I wouldn't give to have him back, you know, to have, uh, you know, protecting things and opening lanes up. I mean, it just seemed like going up the right side, running, you could count on it, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 yards every time going in behind Marshall Yonda. 
that's an absolute deserving name in that ring of honor. Yeah, man. As great as Kevin Zeitler has been, you know, at the right guard position for this team, really stabilizing that position in the aftermath of Marshall. Uh, it's hard to really recreate the the grit and the toughness and the demeanor that he brought to this team for for his years. Again, like like the banner said, 2007 to 2019, and and we kind of talked about this a little bit on our post game, not our post game, but in in a few of our episodes this week that we we remember that Tennessee game, that that heartbreaker divisional loss after the 2019 magical run where they were 14 and two and they just came out flat on that January night in Baltimore. It was like it was a balmy 50 degrees. I remember it. And I remember Marshall sitting on the field with his with his kids and his wife after and they're taking photos with family. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this could be it. But uh, the aforementioned John Harbaugh locker room speech is one that I think we're going to all want to listen to because okay, he was fiery, he was intense, and you could tell that not only was his voice up a few ticks in his post-game press conference, but he had a little bit of edge to, to him when Jeff Zarebeck asked about certain big picture narratives. Now that's not going to be included in this. You can go back to the Ravens team website and actually check out his press conference to go find that. I think this is going to be a little bit better. Come on, hey, listen, man, they're going to all talk about this ain't pretty or that ain't beautiful or this isn't right. Do we care? No. no. Who's getting better than us? No. Nobody. Nobody. We won in the National Football League. It ain't supposed to be easy. I'll tell you this. And we said this a couple weeks ago. Character gets rewarded in the end, right? That was a character victory. Through and through, all right? Fighting your hearts out, beginning to end. Nobody cracked, nobody flinched, everybody fought their hearts out, all right? And this guy right here got a comeback win, Tyler Huntley! Hey, we just gotta keep building, you know, winning one and all in the week, that's it. I'm going to give you an unsung one right now. An unsung one right now, covering punts, making plays. There might be some other guys, but this was to my eye. All right? Made some unbelievable plays in punt coverage. Kevon Seymour. Man, I'm going to just say this, man. It started with, uh, we talked about it earlier in the week with uh, Coach Chris. We're going to put the ball in play. We did that. And uh, Daryl set the tone, Daryl Worley. And uh, ever since then, I told him, like, man, keep on doing it because it's going to influence all of us to get better. So I just came out today to give it my all, man. And like I told the last play, we were supposed to put it in a you know, touchback. But look, it was in. I made the play. Tuck came to me happy. I'm like, look, you got us a lot of times. It's our turn to have your back. So I told him, man, hey, Tuck, that was for you, Tuck, and the rest of everybody. That's all I got. I'm going to give this to the defense, all right? I'm going to have Marlon Humphrey Marlo. accept it. That defense, that defense today. What do you got, Greg? Way to hold him down. Way to hold him down, baby. Way to hold him down. You gave the offense everything they needed right there. And the offense got the job done, all right? And that's all that counts. I don't care about nothing else, all right? We're going to go to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and most especially on Sunday. Oh, where are we playing next week? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. All right? All right? All right? All right? Marlon Humphrey for the defense. Yeah. Oh, 
And what's going to keep this team together is being together. Offense down, defense pick them up. Defense down, offense pick them up. That's what we're going to keep doing, bro. Let's keep, let's keep growing. A win is a win. That's all that matters is at the end of the game. It doesn't matter how many points we give out, how many points we don't score. A win is a win. Never forget that in this league. So let's celebrate this thing, get back to work when it's time. Hell yeah. Hey, tell somebody you love them. Family on three. One, two, three. Again, courtesy of the Ravens Productions there. We thank them for, uh, for, for that and turning that thing around so quickly. A number of different takeaways from that, but you get what I'm saying. Harbs was fiery. I loved how he went with the unsung heroes for a game ball. Kevon Seymour was great in special teams. As he mentioned, his running mate, Daryl Worley as well. And while we're on that note, Sarah, somebody who was super active today and they asked a lot of him, Jordan Stout, the rookie punter, and he was exceptional. Yeah, Bobby, what I liked from Harbaugh and Kevon Seymour. So 100% that is a, a, a character win. He's totally right there. Uh, no way does that prevent us or anybody talking about the things that went wrong and the things that need to be fixed. Um, but it kind of brings us back full circle to how we open this. And it was just that I was saying, I want to be somebody when everybody thinks you're done. I want to be somebody that keeps fighting, that stares adversity, stares the end in the eye and, and says, I'm bigger than you. I'm bigger than the adversity. I'm bigger than those who are saying we're done. I'm bigger than the defense is coming at me. I'm bigger than anything you can throw at me. I'm bigger than that. And you have to have that mentality in a violent team sport like this. That's number one. Number two, what I loved about what Kevon Seymour said there. He said it in the context of Justin Tucker because they're special teams guy. Number one, I'm glad Harbaugh gave him a game ball because I actually did see Kevon Seymour stand out several times on coverage. It was, it was great. But he said, finally, we got your back. Okay. That immediately reminded me of the last episode we did of a morning vault of what Marcus Peters said about Lamar Jackson. He said, I hate that we are nor known as Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Right. And we all know that that's how coverage is. It's always Russell Wilson and the Broncos or uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs. It's that's, it's, that's just the way people talk about it. Right. But I liked what Marcus Peters was getting at because he was saying, I hate it because it puts so much pressure on one man. And we all see it. Lamar has to play hero ball all the time. But I hope that as he was watching the game, because he was tweeting, he was tweeting at, at Huntley, and I love how he and Huntley have each other's back. Huntley said that he was going to go by Lamar's house after the game to check on him. Lamar's yeah. tweeting, you know, rockets, you know, based off of what Huntley did. They totally love each other and have each other's back. But I hope if there's anything that Lamar can take from this, from his teammates, from Greg Roman to, to John Harbaugh, is Lamar, we got your back. We got your back. We lost you today. We want you back. But there's a team here. There's a whole team here. And, and when you're down, we got you. When we're down, you got us. And I just love that sentiment that it was like Seymour's like, hey, Tuck, we finally got your back. You've kicked us 
out of bad games time and time again. Today we got you. And and I hope that when Lamar comes back, it's just like we said the last time when Mark Andrews went down, right? It was like spread the ball out more, do all that. Let's trust each other more and let's have Lamar trust other people than Mark. Let's have let's give it to Kenyon Drake when 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 things are down. Let's give it to Demarcus Robinson. And you know, Lamar has done that too, but it's it's just I just think it's such a moment, a, a learning moment with a win to say this is a team. Yes, Lamar Jackson is our leader, but we all got each other's back. And when he comes back, he knows it because he saw it when he was down. I love it. I love it. Let's take a look across the AFC North, Sarah, while we're at it, because uh, there is one game that's still going on right now in the 425 Eastern slate of games. Cincinnati leads Kansas City 14 to 10 at halftime. Pittsburgh beat Atlanta 19 to 16 in Atlanta. And then of course in the Deshaun Watson return game, Cleveland in an, and it was an ugly game for Deshaun statistically wise, as you'd expect, he hasn't barely played football in two years. The Browns win 27 to 14. So as we currently sit here, because again, right now, Cincinnati is up at half on the, uh, it's a, actually an AFC championship rematch from a year ago. But right now, the Ravens sit atop the, the division, eight and four. We'll see what happens uh, by the time. We're not going to be still on when this game's over, uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati. But Cincy right now is seven and four. Of course, the Ravens own the tiebreaker at the moment. Browns are five and seven. Steelers are five and seven. And as John Harbaugh noted, actually, uh, Marlon Humphrey said this in what we just aired for you. Ravens next up, travel to Pittsburgh coming up this Sunday. Stinking Pittsburgh Steelers. Have they won a couple in a row now? <laughs> They're hanging around. They Those are hanging guys, around. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The perfect analogy for them are zombies. Like, you think that they're down, and they just keep going. So, yeah, they are now 5-7. and seven. Browns are 5-7. and seven. So, wait, did you say Browns won? Yeah, they've won two in a row, and this was Deshaun Watson's First game back, correct? Um, but against the, the 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 Texans, who you know are about as bad, if not worse, as the, the, than the Broncos. Um, yeah. So no matter what happens in this Bengals game, um, Ravens will keep uh, the lead in the AFC North by way of a head-to-head tiebreaker. But boy, would it be nice to get some breathing room. I mean, this was the whole point of the Bengals doing Titans and then Kansas City. You want to see them kind of get knocked back, so the Ravens have some some breathing room so uh it's just like always um just it's never it's never easy in the in the afc north and i guarantee you the pittsburgh steelers would love even if they're not going to do anything in the postseason would love to spoil things for the ravens right now are you kidding me are you kidding me they would love to just like put a dagger in and twist it around a little bit right now the ravens have uh, a good AFC North record. Uh, in fact, I think they're undefeated in the AFC North, and so they're about to have a couple here. This is a big game. This is a big game. I don't know whether or not Lamar will be back, uh, but no matter what, you know, they've got to get it. These are the games that count the most is in the division. No question. No question. And winning on the road, too, becomes certainly a, a priority as well with a couple coming up right here in a row at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, versus Atlanta at home. That's Christmas Eve. Then New Year's it's kind of a tough end of the schedule here, partner, for uh, having a life outside of football. But New Year's Eve, they play the Falcons. New Year's Day, 
They play the Steelers at home, and then they finish up regular season football week 18 at Cincinnati, and that's the second week in January. So that's a look at the rest of the schedule. Uh, that's a look at what's going on in the AFC North right now. Again, we'll see if the Bengals can hold on to beat the Chiefs in what should be one heck of a second half that's about to begin right now. So, partner, this one was, whew, I mean, nitty-gritty December football, like I said at the top, and then there was this. They put it on a whole new level. There's December football, and then there's this. We recognize that this could have been a completely different instant reaction episode had that kick gone through for Brandon McManus from 63 yards out. We also recognize that this team is right where it needs to be win-loss-wise, AFC picture-wise, with everything in front of them, and hopefully more players, more dogs on the way back return-wise when it comes to the injury bug. So, um, you know, whether you're the optimist, the pessimist, or anywhere in between, or just a Greg Roman hater, uh, it's an mm -hmm. exciting time to be where the, where this fan base is right now, and I hope they recognize that with, with all that's going on, with all that is going on and all that will go on, whether it's with the coordinator, the defense, the offensive deficiencies, Lamar's injury, Tyler Huntley starting another week, whatever happens, like there's a lot to like right now because that team that's flying back right now to the Midwest, their local radio shows, their podcasts, their content creators, <laughs> it's, it's a little different of a game right now. We learned that from Brandon Stokely this week. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, you're right. It would have been a totally different live stream. It would have been a different podcast. By the way, I think you said that the game was on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Christmas Eve is what you meant. And then, um, I just noticed Jody Williams Thank caught you. that there on, on, on Facebook. So, um, um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it is a different live stream, but there, the, 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 the analysis that they take during the week cannot be any different. Bobby, the offense has to come alive. We keep talking about it. I get the setbacks with the injuries. We keep saying, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. At some point, it needs to come. So, um, you know, one, two, three, four, five games left, five games left within these five games, it's got to get jump started by any means necessary. Or else they're not going to be able to hang with the AFC elites, two of which are playing right now. Uh, Cincinnati, Kansas City, of course, Buffalo is in that mix as well. Tennessee got pounded today, by the way, by the Philadelphia Eagles, who to me, aside from Kansas City, got to be looked at as, as one of the top, like win-loss record aside. They're playing unbelievable football uh, in Philadelphia, and they trounced Mike Vrabel's uh, Titans today rather surprisingly. So, again, it's going to be a dogfight. It is going to be a war of attrition. Uh, but we are now 13 weeks of football into this 2022 season. The Ravens hit the road for Pittsburgh. We got a week full of content coming up. If you enjoyed our content tonight, regardless of whether you're on Facebook, the Ravens Vault Podcast YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, please consider liking the video if you feel so inclined. Share it with a friend. Hit us up. Feedback, whether it's good, bad, ugly, anywhere in the middle at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. For our email, you can find uh, Sarah on Twitter at SG Ellison, and you can find me on Facebook, uh, not Twitter right now. Hopefully Elon's bailing my you-know-what out. We'll see about that. Partner, it was great being with you tonight. I love a little good banter back and forth, and we'll see. We'll see what happens with all these big-picture storylines for these Ravens, partner. I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. It was a good one, Bobby.